Up next on Inside Champ Car, Pit Race, and The Big Reveal. Welcome to Inside Champ Car, Bill Strong, Brian Belansky. On the big show, we talk about the eight and sevens at Pit Race, and the big boss joins us with some breaking news for 2023. What's up, Bill? Oh my goodness! Thank you for coming back. I had to do a whole show by myself with, uh, you know, Polly Veltham, and not by myself, but Polly Veltham and I did it, and it was a train wreck, man. I thought it was great. It was a train wreck. Kept hitting the wrong buttons. I'm pretty certain half of it was silent. <laughs> I, I, the what I listened to sounded good. Maybe you you, you chopped out all the bad parts. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I'm really good at doing that part. No, it was it was good. It was it was fun. So, I, I you don't know how I was up. Well, I, I'm always up all day, but I was working on this all day long, practicing my bits. Yeah, of course, yeah. screwed up half of them. <laughs> you know, so I how, thought so I had some funnies, and I'd say to Paul, and Paul just got all quiet. And, <laughs> stared at me like what the hell are you doing so paul hasn't learned the art of laughing even if it's not funny oh he, he can <laughs> i think he's just totally messing with me um so let, let me ask this is the this is the part where, where, I, where I revel in the idea that bill might might actually appreciate what i do how long did it take you in post i just whipped it out you know probably oh, please. I, no, it only it only took me maybe 20 minutes of actual cutting and pasting because oh. i yeah i i labeled everything <laughs> so and then i had wow. to cut some some parts out there was some you know some quiet issues and so i got rid of those i watched a radio guy edit a an interview that i was with, doing with a folk and, and just what at a radio station and i watched him do it right and that taught me a lot yeah. so yeah good stuff so i did that and then uh turn around and uh, drove to North Carolina, picked up our buddy Jimmy, and we loaded up my truck with all the gear to put on a race. And Chelsea uh, took her van to the race too, and and uh, we went to Pittsburgh, and we had a blast up until we didn't. Yeah. So tell us the story. Yeah. So we get there, nice. You know, we know that there's a hurricane coming up. We're watching on the news, folks in Florida getting just, just, you know, just throttled by the and by the, the way by the way let's take a second and just let everybody in florida know that we're thinking about them and uh uh you know it's a big racing family out there so uh you know lean on lean on your racing family if you have them and and for those of you who uh who uh, might not be racist you might find us and tune in we're all thinking about you down there and i know we have more than a handful of racers in that area and i haven't heard from many of them so hopefully they're doing well um at least they're okay. The race cars can be replaced, you know, all that stuff, but as I hope they're, they're doing well. Right. Uh, we had a um, talk to uh, NLS was showing up with multiple cars and they, sh you know, I thought, well, maybe we won't see their big trailer. They have a big 40 foot trailer. This, their sponsor or one of their drivers actually is an, he delivers aid to uh, disaster areas with that truck. Mm. And I get there and it's there and I'm like, huh? So I asked him about it and he says, Oh yeah. When we were driving up here, I believe they live in all North Carolina when they were driving up, he was on the phone the whole time scheduling pickups and, and stuff. And where can I drop this off right. and, and doing all that stuff. And as soon as the race is over, they basically headed out to uh, start picking up stuff uh, on their way back from Pittsburgh along the route and then head to Florida. So uh, I bet they're going to be busy for the next couple of weeks uh, del delivering. Definitely. Aid. So, 
but yeah, we, uh, we arrived there. We set up Flagtronics, got it all set up and going, tested on Friday. I took a bunch of pictures, posted them up on, uh, they're on the forum right now. Uh, Don McIntosh is there taking pictures as well. So he'll be posting his up soon. Um, then, uh, Saturday's race comes out and, uh, we're anticipating some, uh, some rain, but it didn't really come right at the start and, uh, had a, you know, normal folks take the lead, uh, visceral had the lead for a bit, then they dropped down and, and, uh, some other folks, uh, uh, you know, Salem's was up there and, and then, uh, then the rain started coming, uh, at noon or a little bit afternoon, we kind of had a, a little crash with flagtronics. And, uh, part of that was, um, just, uh, we didn't, we're still learning the system and, uh, we didn't put up, uh, enough broadcasters to, to make it work, you know, in case right. we redundancy, let's just say on our side. So, uh, we, we worked around that. Um, and then the rain came and it came in bucket loads and, uh, you know, we had a, I forget what they call those, the little rain bands. Sure. This is a big rain band. And, uh, it kind of slowed everything up. Um, we'd gone, we had a couple of wrecks. We had to go red flag. Um, we had to repair walls, get the cars back on pit lane. Uh, everybody was fine. Um, but, uh, the rain came so hard. We started having cars go off a lot and we didn't want basically to start tearing up hardware. And right. you know, that happens. So you, these guys are racers. They're going to get out there and race. So Chelsea made the big decision of red flagging the race. And then we would assess, well, two hours to go on the race. There was just no way it was not, it was not going to go away. And, um, the rain, we had rivers coming down at the corner workers were describing perilous adventures of some of these cars. Mm -hmm. So she made the command decision to uh, finish the race. Now, right before this happened, when we were under yellow, um, to, to pick up a couple of cars, uh, our leaders all came in to pit NLS was leading the race NLS put rain tires. They decided to put rain tires on their car and they went back out and that's when it was red flagged. Well, Visceral racing who was down at about fifth place, all of a sudden found themselves in the lead oh, under the red flag. Gotta be and there. When we, yeah. When we called the race, Visceral wins it. Team wow. Troxel takes second whiskey, tango, Foxtrot takes third NLS had the lead until they didn't fourth place RVA graphics and wraps had the lead, but they came in as well when after uh, NLS went in and they've ended up finishing fifth visceral racing groups, uh, other car, the number nine eighteen that that uh, finishes six. There's nosy and Mazda seventh crank anchors who had the lead at a couple, a couple of points during a the race. They, they uh, finished eighth Atlanta speedworks in their Porsche boxer ninth and money shift racing in their car in 10th. And God's last name is not racing or is not damn it racing. That's Ray Frank's <laughs> team. Uh, Ray, we've had on the show, Ray's our head of tech and also on the board of directors, his first time back racing as a full racer, not just taking a, you know, a, a quick stint for somebody. Um, I'll tell you what, that man, he's different. He's different now. It, it woke something up in that man. He, uh, he hadn't raced in a couple of years, maybe four years. And to see him come out of that car, just so excited, you know, he's complaining, Oh, I just don't, you know, I'm, I'm a little rusty or whatever, and, but you know, it'll come back. And Ray, I, I I'm glad Ray got to race and, and he had fun. And, uh, Justin, uh, who we had on the show recently, um, Justin, uh, and, you know, gave Ray his car 
And uh, Justin had a, a good group of drivers and uh, they did quite well. <clears throat> and that's God's last name is not damn it racing. <laughs> I love it. 2006 Mazda Miata. So, cool. and then uh, we go into, uh, so yeah, we canceled that, you know, the, the race was uh, red flagged and stopped after five hours and 54 minutes, 129 laps were done. Fastest lap of the race was done by McKibben's biohazard, uh, his EC car. That was my old chassis and my old engine that we were going to stuff in, a, in actually that car at one point, but Troy had some failures in that uh, green MR2 and he put that in there and uh, did a 159 in that car. Wow. But, uh, uh, but yeah, that's EC doesn't count. So I just looked <laughs> up there and said that I only say that because Troy's my buddy. Oh, All I right. love it. I go, love it. We, we go into Sunday. Sun we go into Sunday and different day, a lot drier, um, a little bit of wind helped dry off the grass and stuff. And we had multiple teams back and forth and uh, visceral racing uh, does a one fifty nine four fifty four in their uh, number one car, but just can't catch up with team sailing. Porsche Boxster finishes first overall RVA graphics and wraps. They were catching them at the end, but uh, they just didn't have the fuel and they were uh, kind of worried about, I guess, some of the temperatures or something on the car. I forget what it was. We have it in the interview here. But um, finished a second. Visceral Racing Group's other, uh, or sorry, the number one car finishes third. Crank Anchors in fourth. MBM Racing in fifth. Bear Rate Maximum Racing in sixth. Fastborn uh, BMW in seventh. Atlanta Speedworks and their Porsche Boxster in eighth. God's last name is not damn it racing in ninth. And they took the overall win for a class, which, or was it a class or B class? Let me look here real quick. Well, they took a class win and uh, it was B class. And um, again, that was Ray. Normally he's standing on the side of the podium today or yes, Sunday, he was uh, on top of that podium. And then uh, nice. where were we here? I let speaker. Oh yeah. And then uh, oops, sorry. Whoops. Don't like the whoops. Don't like the whoops. Too many, too many clicks. <laughs> and then uh, no, there's no Z and Mazda in 10th, JS Motorsport in third, Rogue 2, another Toyota MR2. I have to plug the MR2s it's in my contract. In 12th place, their first race out in that car, Saturday in the rain, that Rogue 2 MR2, the V6, three liter V6, is coming down the front straightaway. Guy, the, the owner who also races in the SCCA kind of loses the rear a little bit as he comes up over the hill and gets it against the wall. Taps it a little bit, but I'll tell you what, it was the, to me, it was the epic save of the weekend. He did kept that car out of both walls because, you know, awesome. normally if they hit the outside wall, they swing back around and hit the inside wall. Right. And he did everything he could. Got it stuck in the mud, but it's a single spinny wheel. He doesn't have the LSD in that thing. So, <laughs> but yeah, epic, epic save from Rogue 2. And those drivers, their first time out in that car did great finished in the top 12 cool. and uh honda racing of america or honda america racing team and their heart team showed up with a honda insight with some sort of k20 something in it and uh, that thing was awesome fast nice. at the track. yeah little tiny thing so yeah lots of action that day so uh that was you know and for the official results you can go to speed hive and uh look up uh Saturday's race under Pittsburgh spelled properly. And then uh, Sunday's race is Pittsburgh spelled without the H. We're sorry about that. It was a typo. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. All right. So let's do this. We've got some interviews to listen to. Yes, we do. Let's get to that. And then after we're done with that, we'll come back with a tech tip. That's next. Yes, we will. Visceral Racing, Ron. <laughs> Oh, don't, dude, don't even. Yes, Bill. You guys, uh, 
did pretty good because that car was pretty much consistent way back until people started pulling out or falling out. And then uh, let me get over here out of the wind and uh, moved up third place overall. Yeah, I'm not quite sure how that happened. Um, <laughs> Just consistency, man. Yeah, that, that car had uh, my good drivers in it, and um, they did really well with it. We had some car contact, some of it our fault, some of it not our fault, and um, we had our one-lap penalty from yesterday for, for winning yesterday, so we were behind the eight ball all the way from, you know, the first minute of the race. But um, that car is a tank. It's It's got <laughs> – it's been through some battles. Take it easy. Um, so we're very happy that we're here in third place, and, and yesterday was a – Good job, too. Well, yesterday, uh, we didn't get to talk to you yesterday because of Siren. Ian got in the way. But uh, how'd you do that, man? Because that was, that, was that was a hard win for you. You stayed ahead of the, the big guys. Yeah, that was a very interesting. Well, you are a big guy. It, 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 it was a very interesting win because we had dropped down to sixth or seventh um, because we pitted a couple times because we are having some wiper issues and we couldn't see nothing. So we're like, all right, well, sixth or seventh, um, we'll just keep it on track. And then um, <clears throat> what ended up happening, so we had to do two more pit stops. And what ended up happening was all the other cars came in and pitted once, and then they were done for the day. But that's when they called the black flag mm -hmm. and we all got to come in. So we didn't have to pit anymore because it was over. Yeah. And we happened to be in first because we didn't have to come in and pit again. So it, it was it was a bit of luck. It was definitely a bit of luck. But we had done well in the morning. We had been up. We were like a lap and three quarters up on everybody um, in the morning. So when it was dry, uh, that was the problem. We put our rain tires on in the morning and then burnt them out without any rain and then we put the dry tires on so you know you say that was a bit of luck but there are no asterisks in champ car so that was a win yes yes it, it, it's you need good luck and you know at sonoma a few years ago we didn't have any luck that last time so we got who, who are your real quick who were your drivers um so we had max we had justin we had frank um we had a couple california California guys here, so maybe they don't want to race over there at California. They're flying over here to East Coast to, to drive with us with Visceral, so um, that's great. And um, so, and we had Andrew. All right, cool, man. Congrats. All right, thanks, Bill. Down here with today's winner, Salins and their Porsche Boxster. Man, there was a lot of failures out there, which put you up in a good position at the end of the race. Yeah, you know, it was. <laughs> Beautiful weather today, you know, uh, Hurricane Ian was just crazy yesterday. I, I really respect all of Champ Car for stopping the race. You know, that was the logical decision. Um, we actually stopped as well. We we're like, that's enough of this. So beautiful weather today. You couldn't ask for anything better with this beautiful track at Pittsburgh race. So um, yeah, we finished one, two and yeah, great way to end the season in Champ Car. We're looking forward to next year. It's such a great series. Now, uh, were there any issues out there with the cars today or did they just pretty much perform flawless? Because yesterday you had transmission issues. We did. You know, I don't know if that's a residue of Road America, but, um, yeah. It is. I don't know if we'd have finished the race anyways in the rain. I, <laughs> we might have quit just like we did with Salt. So, you know, it all worked out beautifully. And, and, you know, there's some great competition out there. We say this every time, but the competition in this series, and you know this, Bill, it's amazing. Yeah. You know, Crank Yankers was right on us at the end. Visceral was ahead of us. Uh, Whiskey Tango was there. So... And I know if our banquet had been out here today, they'd have been right up front. So, I mean, I'm probably missing some people there, but it is an amazing race with amazing competition. Now, your brother and uh, your brother, Will, and or um, Joe and uh, your father were racing. The, or, uh, sorry, um, Salem was racing this week. Yeah, you had that correct. So, Joe Salem and myself drove uh, 
ketchup to the the champ car win and then my dad joe and my brother wayne actually uh drove salt to the ec win so that was fun all right man congratulations when are you going to race with us next oh next year of course somewhere in the spring we're waiting for the schedule right yeah <laughs> supposedly i'll have that soon oh that's great we're looking forward to it all right congrats man all right thanks oh it was just awesome <laughs> just awesome you know what? It's just, it's always fun to listen to the folks after the race are over. Yeah. You know, it's a combination of elation and exhaustion. <laughs> kind of both. Yeah. Yeah. So we have Salins or, you know, he's just spot on every time, but he's trained at that. Yeah. You know, well, that's his job. Doing the PR stuff. Yeah. That's right. That's right. All right, Bill, you know what time it is? It's tech tip time. What do we got this week, Bill? Something epic, I'm sure. Epic. We're looking for epic. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely epic. So, uh, one of the things I noticed during the rain race was, uh, and cars going through tech was, you know, remember back in the days you had those little triangle windows mm -hmm. in the, uh, your front doors. You could the vent window. You could you know move them around for venting or whatever. And I if you had it was just wrong, so you could flick out your cigarette butts. Yeah, you could do that too. <laughs> then the Indian guy would cry. So. <laughs> But the the uh, those little that little triangle there in the front of the door, it's a good place for water to just flow into your car in streams. And if you were at the Pittsburgh race or you've been at the VIR 24, maybe some Sebring races, you know that basically you, you you're getting a bucket full of water every second you're going right. down the, the raceway at speed you know all that rain water and the water coming off your super wide tires is just going up and hitting the mirror and just reflecting into the car and that makes it kind of uncomfortable so it's always good to have a little piece of triangle uh you know fill in that little spot there with some lexan or polycarbonate um and you know most cars that have the mirrors in place, have that little triangle piece there um, or something in that to take that up. But a lot of guys pull their mirrors out so they can put in some sort of little wink mirror or those little right. eyeball mirrors that you put on your cage, on your A-pillar right, right. bar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and they, they remove all that for weight or whatever, but Lexan doesn't weigh all that much and just put a little section in there. I think you can go the maximum you can do and you can use your, uh, your geometry measuring tools and, you know, whatever you use to, to measure that kind of stuff, but, uh, eight and a half by, well, you know, a sheet of eight and a half by 11, um, paper, no more than that in there. And, uh, if you use the proper calculators on the internet, you'll figure out that's a lot bigger than you'd think. So, <clears throat> but, uh, you can put a piece in there and yeah, it may help with aerodynamics or no, it may not, or it may not, <laughs> but, you know it will. but it'll keep you a little drier. So, and but also remember that in the hot, hot weather, it might be nice having that, uh, that air coming in too, but yeah. in the wet, it just sucks. Yeah. So, all right, cool. That's a nice little tech tip brought to you by the man himself, Bill, Bill strong. All right. So Bill, when we come back, my boss, your boss, and I yeah. guess technically my boss too. Yeah, kinda, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's not let him talk too much. Oh, well, I think we've we, we may have to. No, it's not going to happen. <laughs> we got breaking news, though. We've been we've been teasing it all week. We've been telling people that the new schedule is here and uh, and, and I have and, it in my hand and I have it in my hand and we're going to reveal it to you. Some very interesting tracks on the schedule and some tracks not 
on the schedule. I honestly never thought we'd go to Nurburgring, but hey. Hey, you know? And I'm looking forward to the race at Spa Frankishon. I told my wife one time I was going to take her to a spa over in Belgium. <laughs> Troy's wife figured out, no, that's not a spa. That's spa, and it's a race going on there, so we're not going there. So they said we were going to go to Scotland. I'm like, there's no racetracks in Scotland. No, there's not. There's not. All right. We'll do all of that. When we come back, it's Inside Champ Car. He is Brian Bo- Oh no. He is Brian Blansky. I'm Bill Strong. No, wait a second. I have an identity crisis. We're somebody. I have no clue where we're going with that. One of us is Brian Belansky. The other one's Bill Strong. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Every race weekend, you don't know what's going to happen. But with ChampCar.Live, all the action comes right into your living room. The Champ Car Endurance Series is North America's home to real competitive endurance road racing. And ChampCar.Live brings you live, full race coverage with in-car, trackside cameras, interviews, and expert commentary. And ChampCar.Live brings you live full race coverage with in-car and trackside cameras, interviews, and expert commentary. Check out ChampCar.Live on the web, subscribe, and ring the bell so as not to miss a single minute of the action. It's fun, free, informative, and it's just a click away. ChampCar.Live. Come check us out. We bring you a front row seat, but you'll only need the edge. Welcome back. This is Inside ChampCar. Bill Strong, Brian Polanski, and today we are joined by... The man, the myth, the legend, Dana Morrison, everybody. Good evening, Brian. How are you? I'm doing fine. How are you? <laughs> you got me laughing now, so my, like, smooth, hi, how you doing, just went out the window, so. Uh, it's okay. That's okay. You can, you can hit, hit us with the big smooth intro. That's fine. <laughs> you been know? Practice, he's been practicing his best Brooklyn. Hey. 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 <laughs> what about it? Yeah, all day long all oh, i day. love it i love it ruined it so uh we are we are at that point in time where what now i think we're nine months past the first time we talked to you when we first did this you are the you are our opening salvo you are you were our pace lap now we're I heading the standard that's easy to beat for the remainder <laughs> of the podcast series i don't believe that for a second <laughs> So I, I guess we're kind of getting close to our white flag lap here. Um, your season's not too far from being over. Another couple months. Oh yeah. What's it been like? T- talk to us about. Talk to us about uh, 2022. Has it been a, everything you wanted it to be and more? Um. Uh, Mostly. Honest answer, I'd give it a B. B okay. Plus. Um, and and you know it. It's interesting, and this kind of goes to something I've talked to a lot of people in Champ Car about that, and and I hate to sound like everything is referencing back to 2020, but you really have to be careful drawing comparisons to last year when last year was a massive rebound from 2020, and 2020 was a massive downstroke from, you know, 2019, and so you really kind of had to go back to, like, 2018, 2019 to get a, a standard, you know, a, a really good barometric of, of where things are at. And based on that, it's been a good year. But 2021 was such an incredible rebound year that 
you know, it was very easy to go into 2022 thinking, hey, it's going to be just like that, you know, you right. know, pennies from heaven raining down everywhere. And it's been a little bit more of a realistic year, you know, but what it's allowed me to do is really kind of get my hands even further around my role in this job and kind of how I'm going to continue to guide things out into the future. Um, and in evidence of that is one of the topics we're going to talk about tonight, which is the schedule. So, yeah, you want to get, I, oh, go ahead, I Bill. Think, well, I think, you know, we go back to the, uh, the slow, the kind of quote, slow start we had. I think it's like a combination of our rule changes last year. And then having our, our, um, what national championship later on later than we'd normally have it. And I think a lot of guys didn't want to change their cars enough to, uh, to participate. And yeah, you just didn't I, I don't know. I, I think, you know, like I say, I think 20, 2021 was such a rebound year, yeah. but you know, like for example, we had snow two years in a row at road Atlanta, right? 2020 and 2021, just massive snow. I mean, I remember in 2020, I was in Maine when Mike was running that race and I was making fun of him. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me, man. I'm in Maine and you're getting more snow in Atlanta than I've got on the ground in Maine. And I was even kind of like, oh, well, I guess I missed that epic thing. I'll never see that again. Fast forward to 2021 and I'm there as the race director, my very first race run of the club and it snows out, you know? So since then you talk to some people and they're like, oh, I don't wanna go to Road Atlanta cause it snows. It's like, oh, wait a minute. Now we've been going to Road Atlanta since like 2010 and I drove there. I raced there. We've had some amazing, beautiful weather, just fantastic races, but two races in a row, just completely off the wall snow. And the, the word has become, oh, it snows at Road Atlanta. And yet this year we had a fantastic year, fantastic race. It was just beautiful weather, you know, Chamber of Commerce weather. So you know, you, you got to kind of be careful to deal with with comparisons directly to last year and let right. that define things, you know. So that's why I say looking back on an arc to just some kind of pre-COVID stable years, it was a good year, you know. But just 2021 was such a recovery. Right. Thankfully, I mean, everybody needed it. We needed it. It put us in a really good place, you know. Right. Um, this year, admittedly, has been a little bit challenging. But I again, I will segue and say to the people who were listening that you you vote with your registrations so right. i have i have listened to what you've said via your registrations and i have adjusted the calendar for next year based on that you know people have told me hey we want to go back to this track we want to go to that track and i've tried to meet those demands I've, I've tried to go to some tracks that we haven't been to in a while i've tried to open the door on brand new tracks ozarks for example last year got them you know booked and ran that one out this year and it ran great so i'm trying to meet those demands but something's got to give because we've already got a very full calendar so races that were poorly attended and you can draw a direct line from my use of the phrase poorly attended to money losers and ultimately i've got to be financially responsible for the club as owned by the members that i work for and so some races are not going to be on the calendar next year. And that's a direct result of what you've, you've indicated to me as the racers by the racers, you, the races you come to. So, right. so, so Dana, I, back to the road Atlanta thing. You know, Bill's raising his hands. The only time Bill ever raises his hand for my attention. I, 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 um, I want to go back to the road Atlanta thing. Cause I want to delay what we're going to talk about. Of course. But you know, for effect, you know, drama. but do you think guys showed up to road Atlanta, not prepared to run 14 hours? To Road Atlanta? 
Yeah. Uh, you mean you mean like the people who were who were really proud of the fact that they were the reigning what was it 10.5 or 12.5 hour champion? That yeah, was yeah. funny by the way. <laughs> yeah, they just didn't bring enough fuel. Oh, we don't need all that fuel. We don't need three <laughs> We're not need a second set of tires. Come it's going no <laughs> fog whatever. It's all right. So yeah, sitting on the in the paddock later on that evening. So Dana, how much of the low subscription rates at particular races do you think had to do with supply chain issues, gas prices, you know, uh, inflation, whatever we want to call it? You know, it was hard to get parts for race cars. It was it was certainly expensive to tow a long distance, and it's expensive to put twelve hours worth of gas in a race car. Um, do you think that had much to do with with some of the issues or some of the lower subscribed races this year? Um, how do I say this? Uh, short answer, no, with a but. Long answer, unlikely, with a maybe. Okay, um, I like that. So a lot of it is geographic, okay. right? And, and for example, we ran a race or tried to run a race this year on a, a holiday. I won't even call it a major holiday, but a holiday, you know? And we got just just beat up for it in a certain part of the country. And, and I'm being kind of vague here because I'm really trying not to call out specific parts of the country because right. that's not the point. Some of you will figure it out immediately. Others won't. And it, it's not important. What's important is we ran this race in this particular geography on a holiday and we got absolutely beat up for it. I mean, somebody literally told me going to a race on this particular holiday is instant divorce. And yet another club that runs a similar pattern to us, a little bit faster cars, a little bit more, you know, more, more high-end involvement, but they ran a race on the same weekend in a vastly different part of the country. And it was one of their best events of the year. Right. You know, um, certain parts of the country will tell me, man, it is expensive to tow three, four hours to get to a race. And yet I've got racers in another part of the country who will tow two days to get to a race. Yeah. So it, I think it just, it's, and, and those two things are not in the same part of the country. So some of it could be supply chain. Some of it certainly was economic. 2021 was, was a good year. 2022, there were some, there were some major economic changes that affected people. It affected champ cars. So I'm certainly aware of what everybody's going through, but at the same time, some races that were really popular remained popular and people towed to it. We had great turnout at Ozarks. Granted, it was the championship and people wanted to be there for it, but people turned out for that race. Even after the internet said it was going to be a disaster, people towed and we had a terrific race and everybody was there, said they had a great time. So all those factors you mentioned are potential factors, but they're not factors universal across the country. Some of them apply to certain areas, others of them apply to other areas. Um, but for example, one of the races, and, and I agree with Bill, we're going to stretch this out like I was kidding before we started about the, uh, the, the murder mystery shows mm -hmm. where they absolutely don't tell you till after the last commercial break. Um, one race that was on the calendar twice is going to be down to one this time. And one part of the year, it's very well attended. Teams pull quite a distance and they come to it. A different part of the year, they're just not. And I don't know if it's because there's other options available or, or what. I don't know. But the one date we're keeping and the other date we're going to let go. So... So why some teams come one time and not to the other, I don't know. But I'm looking at this as a huge opportunity to open up a spot in the schedule to try a new date somewhere else. So I'm trying to pull the positive out of this right. rather than focus on the negative of losing the date. It's an opportunity to try something else. So when you look at the schedule and you look at the 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 
popular races versus the less popular races. Do you find, because I, I love your schedule. Let me just start with that. I really do. You race at some of the most iconic racetracks in the United States. And then you race at some racetracks that the general public would say, "What you? Uh, there's a track. What, what's it called? Where?" <laughs> um, and and I mean, you've raced at a couple of racetracks. I've been doing this for a very, very long time, and you've raced at a couple of racetracks this past year that I'd never heard of. You know, um, so do you find that the more popular, the you know, the, those popular races are at those destination tracks, the Road Americas, the Mid-Ohio's, the Daytonas, or do you find that the more popular races are at some of those race checks that I've never, that until this year, I might not have ever heard of? It depends. Okay. Um, some of the bucket list tracks do well every year. Daytona, man, Daytona, it, if you've never been involved in racing, you've heard of Daytona. Right. So when you decide to get in a car and try this thing and you say Daytona on a schedule, man, you're, you're going. And just every year, recurring, every year we go there, triple-digit entries every time. I'm, I'm squeezing them into the paddock, squeezing them onto pit lane, massive turnout. Um, I was just at the little track, one of the ones you probably never heard of, kind of little place called Harris Hill. That was one um, of them. The people love it, love it. It is the smallest little boutique club place you've ever seen. Um, we have to very, very creatively set up our pit lane area because literally we're like pitting in the paddock and the racers love it. Um, it could never handle anything near the Daytona numbers. Right. And yet the racers pull from miles and they love it. Um, I think there is a certain level of the bucket list tracks that people want to go run. Certainly Daytona, your Sebrings, your Road Americas, that kind of stuff. Um, Coda is a good example. A lot of people want to go run Coda, but just financially what it costs to rent that place is just a a factor sure you, you can put a zero on any other track rental and and you're just barely getting to the door at coda it is hugely expensive to get in there although it is a bucket list item and they want to go but i really think it has a lot to do with the track itself if it's a fun exciting track to drive and and i'll i'll, I'll lead into this Somebody mentioned this at Ozarks, and I don't say this just to pump Ozarks, but I just thought it was an interesting observation from a driver. He said, a lot of times you go to a track and you drive it, and there's sections of the track that you love, and there's other sections of the track that you just kind of drive through until you get around to the fun section again. Yeah. And he said, a track like Ozarks is a never-ending string of fun corners after fun corners after fun corners. Now, obviously, not every track is that way, but you know, you take a place like Sebring. There's not a lot of time at Sebring where you're not doing something. Yeah. You know, there is a long back stretch, and there's a front stretch coming down there in front of the pits. But other than that, you're either getting in a corner, going through a corner, getting out of a corner, breaking for another corner, or dodging wall. through some messes, avoiding bumps. So I feel like the more exciting the track is the more the people are motivated to come and run. And then a little bit of it is a, um, kind of that, the, the, the self, self-serving, I guess, uh, you know, it could be self-defeating if they don't come, but self-gratifying when they come in numbers because racing is more exciting when there's more cars to race around. Right. So a popular race that's well-attended will draw more people to attend it because everybody says, wow, we had a really great time, you know? Right. So it can become a little bit of a, a self-licking ice cream cone when they reinforce their own behavior, you know? So I, I see two things missing from the schedule. I'm not going to jump in just yet because I'm sure Bill's just <laughs> waiting for me to, but um, one is a bucket list track. Mm -hmm. Do you find maybe that a track like that would be better on the schedule once every two or three years? 
because it makes it a little more special? Yes. And as a matter of fact, there was a track and we're, we're going to go back. I've already talked to them. We're, we are going to get back in 2024. My plan was to get us there in 2023. Um, we just couldn't work it out. They just didn't have the date. Now I might as well say it because it's not on the schedule, but I had tried really hard to get us back to Indianapolis. And when I talked to Doug Boyles there, I know Bill's all upset already, but I talked to Doug Boyles about the scheduling and whatnot the last time we were there. And we both immediately went to, hey, this is the kind of place that we need to do every two or three years. So the excitement stays to it and the novelty doesn't wear off. Right. You know? um, and we really, really tried hard to make it work for 2023. It was my intention to go there and we just could not work out the scheduling date. Um, you know, you, you, you may or may not be aware of this. Some of your radio listeners may or may not be aware of this, but there are other clubs with a little more horsepower than Champ Car, and they tend to have first dibs on the dates and stuff, you know? So I know that may be a shocker for some people, but, you know, hey, just throwing out this background news stuff. Um, so, yeah, we, we just could not work the date out. Um, and it, I, still, it, I, I still say that end of May would have been just perfect. We could have just I, I asked, Memorial Day I, weekend. I, asked, I think would I have been a great to be a support race. And Doug laughed and was not interested. You know. Yeah. Um, so, but even he threw out when we were talking by email. He said, "We'll we'll work it out for 2024." And just as a frame of reference, there, you know, if there's anybody thinking, "Yeah, you know, Indy, you're not gonna," we we went there twice. We had really good turnout. And in course of the emails back and forth with Doug and Doug Boyles is the, you know, the president there as part of the conversation, he segued off and said, yeah, my son and I want to come run some champ car races. And I've been looking at your calendar, trying to figure out which would be the best ones for us to go to. And so it, it's got nothing to do with whether they want or don't want champ car. Doug is running in our series at other events. So, nice. you know, we've, we've got a great relationship with them. It literally just was a scheduling thing. I just couldn't work out the scheduling. And when you do see the schedule, and you see how many events are on it. You can see how hard it is to get a date squeezed in somewhere because right. we're either going to an event, just coming back from an event, repacking for an event, you know. Um, but yeah, we're we're gonna try again for 2024. And right. well, it's all about me, Dana. And I was trying to figure out in my head how I was gonna make it to Indy in 2023. So you've really made it easy for me to say, okay, I will be there in 2024. And you're welcome. And uh, I appreciate that. So. Um, um all wait, right wait. that means that i'm gonna have to actually work pit lane yeah with that my, means you're gonna have to work with my walker that's just uh okay you're not good <laughs> you're not that i'll, old, get, you, I'll get you a, a lark bill can we get him yeah. one of those little three-wheeled things that you know Segway? yeah no 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 no, no. Like, like at the razor. grocery store no like at the grocery store oh <laughs> oh oh wait you mean one of those little three-wheeled scooters like an mr2 yeah. oh yeah those oh. yes Oh, he just had to go there. He did. He just had he to did. Go there. The internet just went. Oh! All right, yeah. Bill. Is it is it now time <laughs> to go? No, we have. Yes, it is now time because we there is one other big hole on the schedule in my do mind. Drum, do we have a drum roll? Um, actually, hold on. I might. Okay. I might have one. I have a. Um, nope. I, I have a drum beat. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, I have a heartbeat. My my heart my heart is is anticipating. Okay. Enough with the sound effects. Those are all awful, by the way. I hate sound effects. I really do. All right. So Bill, do you wonder the honors or do you want me to start running through it? No. It's gonna be Dana. Oh, even better. Dana's the man. So February let's start off with February. What's the first February? 
No surprises in February. We're going back to road Atlanta. However, giant comma. It's a four hour race. <laughs> close. <laughs> Just because your cars never run more than four hours. Doesn't oh, mean all I the have, races are four hours long. I have almost won that race by, <laughs> I don't know. We were mid pack. So it, it was almost a win. Do you know how many of the teams who go there almost win it? Yes. Everybody. All but one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So, so we're going to Road Atlanta. That date is about, well, there's a couple others that are that are baked in, but that fortunately is a date that we're we're pretty well established on. Um, the track's happy with us there. And other than that minor little snow thing, um, it usually turns out to be a really great event. However, giant comma, we're going to make the Road Atlanta race the championship race for next year. So that ought to alleviate any of the, you know, changing cars or anything, although there's really nothing in the rules this year that's going to be any major issues with that. But, um, and a little backstory here for the listeners, we want several factors for our championship race, and they can be really incompatible sometimes. We want the championship race early enough in the year so that it's relevant for the previous year's championship. Sure. We're not going to do the championship race in December of next year. We'd like the championship race to be at a big enough track, a marquee level track, a, a name track that attracts people to want to go and run it. Sure. And we need it to be somewhere located where our racers can get to it, you know? And that's why we tried to move it around a little bit. I know a lot of people are shaking their head at that last one because it is kind of down in the south, you know, south right corner of the country. But we have bounced this race historically around the country quite a bit. Not too many years ago, we ran the championship race on the West Coast. So it's not a big stretch to one, you know, run this one on the East Coast. But that one's kind of checking the bills on two things. It's early enough in the year. It's a marquee enough event that people are going to want to run Road Atlanta. It's a big enough facility to host an event that big for us. And geographically, it is pretty well suited for the, the majority of the teams that are going to be eligible for the championship. So that's probably the big ringer for Road Atlanta is it will be the championship event for this year. Nice. And now we move on to March. Now we move that, and that would be March 4th and 5th. So now we move to, to March. What? No, that would be February 4th and Sorry, 5th. Sorry, February 4th and 5th. God's sakes. Can we mute him, please? It's <laughs> it's camouflaged in green. All right. So March 3rd and 4th, one month later, we're at VIR. For our VIR, year. South Course, 12 hours. And then we move on uh, to March 11th and 12th. We'll be at Harris Hill for the... Uh, Eight plus seven. It's we have a test day. That's on Friday, the tenth. And then where do we go, Dana? March seventeenth, eighteenth, and nineteenth. Remember five minutes ago when Bill wanted me to do this? I thought so. Yeah, I, I, I can mute him. All right, Dana. Where are we at the end of March? Well, Chelsea will be at National Corvette Museum. I don't know if we will be there, but Chelsea will be there. She does a great job running that race. So the big story here is March is going to look pretty much like it always has, right? VIR is a fixed event for us. Harris Hill, we got great turnout down there. And uh, that kind of segues into a good thing. That part of the country has been asking for more events, and we're going to try and meet that demand as we get further into the calendar. But March is going to look pretty much like this year. We got VIR, Harris Hill, and Corvette Museum at the end of the month. Uh, first weekend in April, man, we're going back to Daytona again. Um, that event just always does really well for us. And did Brian drop offline? No, no, I'm here. 
Oh, okay. All right. All of a sudden you went to your, your posted picture there. So yeah, <laughs> that event does really well. The fans love it. The racers come to it all the time. Again, another one of the dates that's just about as carved in stone as we can get. Uh, first weekend going to Daytona and we got our date again at the Ozarks. So the end of April, the 21st, 22nd, 23rd, we are going back to Ozarks again, same format test day on Friday, double event Saturday and Sunday. Uh, I'm not going to do double tens this time. I think we're going to do double eights. I can't remember if we did double tens or not. I don't know if we did that at, uh, at Indy or not, but it'll be a double eight hour event there. So I think we did that because of the championship. Yeah, exactly. So I just forget. I honestly forget. You think I'd remember these things, but the races do all bleed together after a while. That's why I've got them right up here on the screen in front of me. So that takes us out into May. And yeah, since we couldn't get to Indianapolis in May, we're going to go to Hallett again and back to our Watkins Glen date. Um, the Watkins Glen event is another one that does really well. The racers love it. It's a really great time frame up there. It's well attended. And again, the demand signal from the racers is telling me that they like that date and they want to keep it. So we're staying there. It's a holiday weekend too. So home, we're home on Monday in time for uh, all the festivities. Yeah. Isn't there like a parade that day or something? Ah, yeah. <laughs> Not including jam cars. <laughs> now, June, we move uh, mid month in June. Where do we head? Uh, we're going to Audubon again. And then back across the country to Carolina Motorsports Park. Nice. That's always a fun one. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and then we welcome back in July. The one of 14 my, hour at Sebring. One of my favorite races. Don't care about the heat. I just want to race at Sebring. It's my favorite track. Yeah. <clears throat> so again, racers have been asking, asking, asking about 14 at Sebring. And Sebring is one of those tracks that we really had to work with. And I'm going to give a, a, a quick shout out here if there's any chance of the Sebring people actually listening. But Jimmy at Sebring, the, the rental manager there, he worked really, really hard with us. They got some, it, it doesn't matter. They, they got, they got their marching orders from another source and it messed up some of our dates and he worked really hard to get us back in there on two dates again. So if he's listening or if anybody has contact with Jimmy, I've told him a thousand times, but I appreciate how much he's worked with us. Um, and the 14, we're doing that one as a 14. We're doing the July event as a 14. Yes, it's going to be hot. I live in Florida. I live less than two hours from the track. I know exactly what I'm getting you guys into, but it's Sebring and it's a 14-hour race, man. So bring it on. Cool shirts, man. Just get your cool shirts. We've got all kinds of sales out there on this stuff. Mm -hmm. Can I just say, I, I love the fact that your endurance race at Sebring is longer than the endurance race at Sebring. Hey, we don't talk about that ever. We're not allowed to. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Did I, did I say that? Can't say that. Oh, well, yeah. sorry. I yeah, did. We don't want it. We don't want, we don't want them to find out that we're actually racing longer than the yeah, one. Yeah. Like they have. don't know. <laughs> you never I, know. I just I love that. I somewhere. I just love And uh, speaking of going to hot places in July. Yeah. Good God. Really? Uh, track we haven't <laughs> been to in a long time, but again, a lot of demand signal from that part of the country asking for more events. And there it is. You know, a lot of guys have asked about going back to MSR Houston so it's there. I know some people are going to look sideways at me for July. I was stationed in Houston for four years. I know exactly what that is, but you know what? I, again, I was stationed there. Yes, it's hot in Houston, but it's not the end of the world, guys. It's just, Wait, you know, it's a global, hot racetrack, though. Global warming. It could be snowing. <laughs> it's not going to be snowing in Houston. In could be. Uh, he thinks could he's be. funny. He uh, keeps trying, but he thinks he's be. funny. Bless his heart. And then we go to then August. Yep. 
we get high. Speaking of speaking of other tracks that people have been asking for, places they want us to go back to again, we're going back to Colorado. We're going to go visit High Plains Raceway. Woohoo! I love Colorado. And then it could our twenty four. We're doing our twenty four <laughs> again in August. Um, that that race is one of the oldest races on our calendar. It's kind of a fixture. Um, I'll tell you what: if you guys have never run a twenty four, you need to come and run a twenty four. Um, there's a lot of different opinions. A lot of people run both. A lot of people run one or the other. And I totally get the people who run 24s and, and have said, you know, I get it. But if you call yourself an endurance racer and you've never gone twice around the clock, man, you're missing out on something. It, you, you need to have the experience of running a 24. So if you've ever been on the fence about it, come on. There somebody is, has to take down those E30s. There's a, <laughs> a something about... 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m., you know, there is, there's, and, and there's a, there's the same thing. There's, there's a thing about being in the car during that time. There's mm -hmm. also a thing about being in the pits during that time. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's a camaraderie. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a religious experience, in my opinion. It's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a formative experience. And you're yeah. right. And there's something about watching the sun come up. And knowing you still got four hours, you've still got twice the distance of a regular team, a regular organization sprint race. You've got two sprint races to go. You've been racing all day, all through the night. The sun's up, you're having breakfast, and you still have two full sprint races to go before the checkered flag. You it, know, it is a demanding, it's demanding on people and cars. And if you're gonna go endurance racing, you need to do it. I, I don't know that the sun coming up over the villas is the same as the sun coming up over turn three at Daytona. But I imagine it's got a bit of the same feel to it. That's got to be a lot of fun. Well, we it, see it, at that time of year, you're seeing it come up over turn one. So, okay. It, yeah, it, it's, it'd be special. better if it was coming it's up over to Villas. <laughs> and it is a beautiful place. It is. I mean, if you I just got back. VIR, I know a lot of people run the other events there, but VIR literally is like running a race in a national park. It's just beautiful. And as long as you're not there during a tropical storm, <laughs> which I just and returned oh, from, there. we um, ran it before and oh, gosh. where the anyway. fog comes in. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. All right. So from there to, uh, to Michigan. Yep, going back to back to Gingerman, another really popular track. <clears throat> and then and speaking, Connecticut. Speaking of popular tracks, Thompson, Connecticut. So Thompson, Connecticut, man, I want to talk about Thompson for a minute. We went to Thompson, God, what, 17, 18, something like that. Yeah. And and I, I remember we I, I was going there at 18 cars. But I went there. I was like, this is a really cool place. And the next year we had 36 cars. Wow. And I was like, wow, the, the word's getting out. Yeah. It is a fantastic little track. Well-managed. The people there are great. They've got an ice cream. And I mean, like, I'm not talking about like ice cream sandwiches. I'm talking about like, like 30 flavors, you know, cups, the size of soup bowls. I mean, they've got an ice cream shop right on the property. It is, it's an amazing little track. And then 2020, 2020 really hit it hard and it's finally bouncing back to what I always knew that facility could be. Right. So if you're anywhere up in the Northeast, man, and you're, you're wondering what schedules you can go to, which ones you can, you can pull your way to Thompson is one you really want to hit. It yep. is just a neat, fun little track to drive. It's one of the oldest tracks in the U S continually run. And uh, it's an amazing track and just so much fun. Yeah. Yep. yep. Fantastic. Then you're going to one of my two favorite places on earth, Mid-Ohio. 
We are going to Mid-Ohio. You might notice, looking at the schedule, that that date is not highlighted in green yet. Uh-oh. That means that we do not have the date itself confirmed, but okay. that is our regular date weekend. It's the weekend date we've, we regularly get. Um, I just have not got the email back. And again, Mid-Ohio is one of those tracks that's like owned and then managed and then sub-managed by another sub-management <laughs> company. So getting the right person to respond to the email um, but yeah, that's our same date weekend. It's a date weekend we've had for several years. So I have no reason to expect that we wouldn't have that again. And we literally just went there sometimes getting tracks to book when you literally just got out the door, especially right. going into the end of the year, it just takes a little bit of time. But I, you know, I, I just say that to say, that's the only reason it's not highlighted in green yet, but that is our normal weekend. I have every expectation that we'll go there. So, right. and then we're back to Harris Hill again, again, fun little track. A lot of, you know, for as small as that track is and as cool as it is, we fill it up twice a year. It's amazing. For those that don't know where Harris Hill is, San Marcos, Texas, it's just a little bit below um, uh, Austin. Austin. Yeah, it's not, <laughs> you know, we're, sometimes we go out to dinner to Austin. So that's how close okay. it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. And then pit race, right? Yep. Going to Pittsburgh in October. And a lot of those dates are very similar. Um you will notice when you get to that second date in October, our October Road America race, two things there. The first is we've shifted from September to October for that date. And that is us getting back on our October date again. They shifted us to September. We were always there in October for years. They shifted us to September because they were doing some maintenance and some other scheduling things. And they were awesome because they worked with us and make sure we had a date while they were doing their maintenance. So they didn't just say, hey, you're out. They worked with us to shift this to, to September so we can keep racing. Now we're back to our October race. You'll also notice as we come to Road America that Road America was missing from back in April. And again, looking at the numbers, for some reason, the April race just kept dwindling and dwindling and dwindling. And the October date or the September date, the fall date, stayed really, really strong as a, as a performer. So that's why the April date's not on the schedule. And that opens up some time for my staff to run those other events. I want to go to nice, nice. And then Atlanta motorsports park back to AMP, another strong performer. What a beautiful track. And then we go to a track we haven't been to yet this year. We go there this year. And then again, well, no, that's not true. We went to NOLA in 2011, I think at least. Yeah, that was, was actually my very first time that I ever worked a champ car event. My, wow. my, you know, I was, I was living out and my team wasn't running and I went and volunteered and worked. That was the first time I met Mike Morrison. And first time I volunteered ever to work for a champ car event. That was pretty sure that was 2011. Okay. And then uh, we quit going there for a while. And again, try to meet that demand signal down there in the, the South central Southwestern part of the country. There's a lot of racers in the area and have asked us for more events in, in their part of the world. So and our numbers this year are doing pretty good. We're up to 26 teams right now, and and that was pretty good considering that that race was added so late in the year. Exactly, well, and, very late addition. And and Nola's kind of a place where you could almost make a vacation out of it. You know, it's yep. it's a, it's a destination. There's so much to do in New Orleans, New Orleans, if you're from the area, mm-hmm. and you know you can go race on the weekends and go get yourself some some beignets and some hurricanes if yep. if you're into that kind of thing. And, uh, and, uh, if you're a jazz cr- crazy man, like I am, I could spend like a month in NOLA. Yep. So, and, you know, to kind of go back to your question earlier, segueing back to the beginning of the show, 
that's a place where maybe the track itself is not a bucket list destination, but the city and the, right. the location of the track is a bucket list destination. And it may be a great opportunity to drag your family there with you and then take a, a vacation out of it. So right. that's, yeah. that's a race I can get my wife to go to. Mm-hmm. So cool. Then we're back to our double event in Virginia and then back to Sebring again. We managed to get back on our, uh, our, our New Year's Eve date there. Some of you may remember that we had this date for a couple of years. And then, you know, the way the calendar kind of rotates every year, you know, the dates cycle off by one. It wound up that that weekend would have been the first weekend in January and another club has first weekend in January. So we had to modify that date, but now the calendar has moved back and that date opens up for us again. So I'm going to run that one as a, as a double event, double seven. And I'm going to take a second here and talk about this year's schedule. Cause again, we are going to Sebring new year's Eve this year. <clears throat> and some people have asked about why it's a 10 and a half hour format. If you haven't been there before, there is a hotel at the racetrack. It used to be called the uh, Chateau Alain, now it's called the Seven. But they do a massive banquet catered New Year's Eve party in the ballroom there. So the reason I'm specifically doing this, and again, this is coming out of the race we ran on a holiday when I got so much pushback, right? How many times have you talked to people who said, oh, I really want to go to this race, but man, it's a holiday and the family expects me to go and participate in a holiday. Right. Well, this is your opportunity to go, listen, it's a New Year's Eve race, but rather than being stuck with a family situation where you can't come to the party, this is your chance to invite the family, bring your wife, bring your family, bring everybody, come to the New Year's Eve party. You know, yeah. that's what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm The staff is coming. So that's why I've run the race as a shortened format is to make sure that everybody can wrap up the racing event and get over if you want to come to the banquet, attend the party. And then you don't have to make the choice between racing on New Year's or seeing your family and your friends on New Year's. You can literally do both. So again, trying to do this year as an opportunity event rather than as a, a downside, you know. And, and I see you've chosen not to race on New Year's Day after that party, which is probably <laughs> a very wise choice, Mr. Morrison. Not, well, not, not that I'm making any assumptions, stuff, you know. Um, not that now, I'm making any assumptions. Now that we've now that we've run through the schedule, well, wait, wait, I'll that, throw one. Wait, what? wait, just wait. Right. Right. So this year's going back to this year's Sebring. That's also the. Um, final edition of the alarm.com Southeast mini championship. And the winner of that will get a flex IO system for their trailers, cars, whatever they want to put it in. Nice. Wow. Look at bill earning his pay and doing his job. Good for you. Thanks bill. That's what I do. Man. Yeah, he said it's, one thing in the so show amp, worthwhile. Yeah, so we have two systems we're giving away at amp one for the eight hour, one for the seven hour. And we got one system to the winner of the 10.5 hour. Excluding EC, EC doesn't count. So yeah. that, that that's good to know. And honestly, I'd forgotten about that. So I'm glad you plugged that in. And you know, the alarm.com guys, they came on with us just a few years ago and they have really jumped into involvement. And yeah, that, so thank you. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, now can I can I throw out my last uh and I'm a Florida person, so I can say dangling Chad. Uh, can I throw out Chad? my last dangling Chad for, for next year's season? Sure. Um we are talking to Brainerd. And we will get a date plugged in for Brainerd yet. Um, we'll we'll get one. We will have one. We just haven't settled on which one it will be, but it will be added, and it will be added before January. So the schedule, but it will, schedule be will be in out January in because so it'll be in January. Yeah, yeah, that's what Bill heard. Yes, 
Bill, I need you to go to Brainerd in January and just stand by until I get a hold of you. So um, the rest of us will come on the race date. So has Champ Car raced at Brainerd before? We have. Okay. Yeah. In fact, I ran a race up there several years ago. Do, yeah. do I wear the same clothes I wore to Sebring when I go to Brainerd? What depends on the time of the year. Well, you said February, January. <laughs> so yeah, I think. Bill. Brainerd, December. Go away. Go away, Bill. Snow. Can't you mute him? I've asked you that before. I, I actually no. can. No. Um, but but yeah. So if may I may I ask the um the looming question in my mind? Please. I live in California. Mm-hmm. I don't see any West Coast races. So we do have a date with Willow. Okay. Um, I haven't put it on the calendar because quite honestly, I'm not quite sure how or if we're going to do that. And I'm, I'm just being honest. Yep. Um, like I said, at the beginning of the thing, uh, I feel like people vote with their checkbook and Willow was a decent event. We had a good time going out there, but the car count was weak. Right. And the other events, the car counts were horrid and just being completely honest, we had to cancel the events out there. And, right. you know, and I've asked the why question a lot, and a few people have given me good, honest feedback. Uh, many other people just, I don't know, most of the feedback I've gotten has has not been something that I can directly implement as something that's helpful, Right. you know? Um, so I've got races in the middle part of the country, the central part of the country, north, south, east, and west where I have a waiting list of teams to get in. Right. And I have three races out West where, I, you know, I, I just, I just can't attract the people. Right. right. Um, now I will say, I'll just give you a little window into me long-term. I'm not walking away. You'll notice that we have a race in Colorado. We've talked to tracks in Utah. We've talked to some tracks in Arizona and my long range plan is to, to continue to grow and grow the club back out, you know, yeah. But I just can't keep hopping from one side of the country to the other where, you know, where well, the numbers just don't show. I, I was at Willow Springs, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, and, I, and I asked that question knowing the answer. Um, right. You know, right. I, I, we I, talked I, about that at dinner. Right. You know, and uh, oh, yeah, you, you were out here, too. That's right. Uh, yeah. So I, I know why there were, what, 14 cars right. on mm -hmm. Saturday and we had a couple mm -hmm. less on Sunday. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I understand it. And while I'm sure the folks that are on the West Coast would be disappointed in that, it's it, it is a, a business that has to keep, you know, a certain amount. You can only take a hit on so many races a year, you right. know, and you would like to not take a hit on any races. A year. You want to at least break even, you know. So, yes. um, you know, it, it's I get a complete. Now, I'm going to a track out in Arizona next month or actually it's this month now. Uh, that another one that I had never heard of until recently. And uh, one by Luke. I, I don't know who is who runs it, but um, it's just outside of Phoenix called Podium Club. Oh yeah, yeah, that's and, the one. And I don't know if you guys have ever been there before, but yeah. um, I, I'll report back. Is that the one that's right next to Luke Air Force Base? I'd have I to go so. look at the map. Yeah, yeah. I don't know I, Arizona that, that if well. If it is, it's the one I was looking at. It cracked me up, and I, we're definitely interested in going there. It looks like a neat little track, but I had to laugh because they have it. If you think Laguna Seca has sound issues, stand by. I was amazed at their restrictive sound stuff. And it even says on their website, if it's the track I'm thinking of, it even says on their website, yes, we know we're next to an air force base and they can be loud, but yeah. we're governed differently. And this is our sound number. I was like, wow, that's intense. That's the one in Casa Grande. 
So okay, that, all right. That's a different one. Yeah. The, oh wait, 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 wait. Yeah. I was just really shocked at that, but it looked like a neat, fun little track. Yeah, I, that's the one in Glendale that we that he okay. was talking about. Yeah. This so one anyway, is, that's the one. But uh, yeah, I'll be out there next month. It's uh, and I'll let you know if I think that uh, you guys might like to be there. But okay. it looks like a neat outlet if you Google Map it. The, the track itself looks pretty cool. Hmm. There's not a lot so, of amenities there yet, but um, yeah. that's I think that might be a slight issue. But this we'll find one out. Is slightly west of I the I ten yes Interstate eight hmm. junction from Phoenix. So it's it's um if you take a Gila Bend and Phoenix and draw a triangle down, it's right there. And um, but yeah, out in the middle of nowhere, it looks really fun though. Oh my yeah. goodness! And you know, it like... brings up a really good point too, because when we're trying to book tracks, there there's so much more to it than just the track, right? You know, I mean, it really is like trying to bring the circus to town, you know, because there's got to be amenities for the racers, there's got to be resources, there's got to be places for my staff to stay, you know, food, logistics, all the things that go into that. There are some really neat tracks just to drive. There's a couple here on the East Coast that we used to go to, and they were good little races. But just as an organization, especially in this part of the country, we've just literally outgrown them. They yeah. just they just don't have the resources to host us there, you know? There are 120 dB at the property line, so I think you'll be okay. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that, that is definitely not the one I was thinking of. <laughs> Uh-oh, we've lost Bill. So now we can mute him. Bill, Bill you sound like a Cylon. So especially since, did I do that? I don't know what you did, but it's weird. I don't know, but you sound like a Cylon. Did it go away? No. Nope. 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 This is just how we like Bill. Yes, I know. Muted. Let's you and I just keep on talking. Yeah. There, there, we we there we go. Okay. There you go. So, so basically, 125 dB, 747, but we still have our 96 dB rules. Right. So. Right. Yeah. So yeah. you guys should be fine if you chose to go there. So, all right. Uh, I, I, I like the schedule. I mean, like I said, I, I think I'd love to see a West Coast race, but I get it completely. Um, and I, and Brainerd is a track I, I went to when I was a kid. So if anybody hasn't, it's a long way from everywhere. That's the only issue with Brainerd is, you know, it's uh, but man, if you make the pull up there, we used to go up there on Memorial Day weekend and it is in a beautiful part of the country. Mm -hmm. um, a great place to get an Airbnb on a lake and just hang out for a couple of days. It's just a mm -hmm. gorgeous, gorgeous part of the country. I don't know what time, when you're planning or hoping to go, but if you can go up there in the well, summer, you, my gosh. You can take a look at where some of the, the what, months where the are. Holes are. Yep. They have like one or two races in them, and they're yep. probably going to be in one of those, you know? Yep. And, and it's interesting, too, because, again, every track has its own unique challenges, and one of the things with going to Brainerd is the two different course configurations. Everybody wants to run the two different courses. One is the Donnybrook, and I forget the name of the other track. Right. But... You literally, if we do it that way, and we probably probably will because that's the way we've always done it, but you literally have to tear everything down and shift it to the other side of the property. Right. So your entire pit assembly, and I've got to tear down race control, timing and scoring, flagtronics. I've got to get two different flagtronics programming setups in the system. You know, it's it's a massive logistical move to shift over, but the demand signal for the track is high. And yeah. if that's where the racers want to go, then I'm happy to go there. Now there are some weekends this year that you ran two week races at the same weekend. Is there a way to, Twice. is there a way to take two setups and have one setup and just ready to go? Um, on yes. some of that stuff. 
Yes, we could, but then we're carrying twice the yeah. load of equipment. You know, it's a lot easier to just program the machines to do two different tracks. And that's something, you know, I'll segue off here into Flagtronics, but man, they have built so much future capability into their systems. They're literally reprogramming some of the track controllers for us now that will have like two track or two configuration function in the devices for us. So nice. Um, yeah, the electrons travel a lot lighter than dual units do. So. <laughs> yeah, I bet they do. I so bet there's they do. a 3.1 mile Donnybrook, which you talked about, and a 2.5 mile competition road course. Okay. So mm. that's it had some other name. It, both of them had a, a like a historic yeah. kind of name. Yeah, Donnybrook yeah. is the is one of the historic names. That was what Brainerd yeah. was before they called it Brainerd. Yeah. And that 3.1 mile configuration, if you've never been there, includes one of the scariest, fastest right turns in all of all. It, it is like <laughs> I watched. I want to say it was Trans Am there from in car, and it was like holy cow! Yeah, it was insane fast turn two and on the Donny or uh, on the. Yeah, it's flat out. It's banked, yeah. and uh, when you finally do it flat out, you go you go home and you take a shower when you're done. It is it is that <laughs> it is yeah, that crazy. Pretty crazy. Yeah. And then you come down to a hard 90 degree right, right hand turn. It that, comes back on itself almost. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So, but a yeah, great place. Great place. Good, good memories. And you mentioned a minute ago about, you know, about wanting to see a, a California date. And like I say, we do have a date right. at Willow that we can execute. So it's not out of the question. But, you know, for the listeners out there, if I get the demand signal to put the event on, I will. I, I, can, I so, can plug it in. We have the date. Let's just info, say, for instance, info at champcar.org. Do, do you have to do you have to give them? Obviously, at certain points, you have to give them an answer, right? Yes. So so, you know, I, I have no idea how this works. But, you know, people, if you want if you want to race it at, at uh, if you want to race at Willow Springs, now's the time to send your checks in. You know, and or, or at least at least tell me. Yeah. You know, I mean, at least tell me. And I mean, granted, I'd, I'd rather have them register, but sure. You know, because it is easy to say, yeah, yeah, sure, we'll go. And you know, and believe me, I get that a lot. Oh, I'd I'd love to go. I'll be there. And then, oh well, wait, I can't. You know, but that's just the reality of everything. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, it's hard. It can be hard to commit to things too far out in advance. But you know, if enough people let me know they want to go there, I'll I'll put it in the schedule. You know, I I have a slot for it. Um. And one of the beauties of being set up the way Champ Car is, as a member-owned club, as a not-for-profit corporation, I don't have to rake in money. I can operate certain races knowing right up front I'm going to operate them as a loss. As long as I maintain the club in a healthy financial right. situation, I don't need to make money on the events. But at the same time, I've got to be responsible for and a good steward of this entire organization that's owned by my members and you know, at some point, if something is just a continual loss leader and I'm seeing a ramping down of numbers, I've got to make the best decision for the club that I represent, for the members that I work for, and, and make right. that hard call, you know? And honestly, no one should have to run a race at a loss. It's Southern California, for God's sakes. I mean, this is tuner capital of the freaking North America. If, we, if you can't get 25 cars here to commit... I don't know what the number is. I don't know where you cover your nut at Willow Springs, but whatever the number is, it we, we should be able to get that many people out here in Southern California to go and do what I got to tell you was one of the coolest events I've ever been a part of. And and everybody, I, I, I have never seen the last place car with the biggest smile 
you know, those those kids from Bakersfield. I want this event just so the kids from Bakersfield can come back out and race again uh, because they had so much fun. These are these are now going to be lifelong race car drivers. They would have mm. never had this experience if it weren't for that that race at Willow Springs. So I, but I mean, top to bottom, the, the people that finished 10th were just so giddy. Um, as long as, as well as the people who were finished, who finished first. Um, and, and, uh, you know, I'll, I'm going to start rattling cages and, and shaking okay. the, shaking the palm trees and see if we can get another, yeah. some, some more cars out there. Cause, um, you know, what you guys do is amazing and lots of fun. And, and I mean, I'm, I'm an endurance racing nut. So, but, but uh, just call me crazy, but, um, you know, there's gotta be enough people out in Southern California to make this happen at least once a year. You know, mm-hmm. um, it won't snow. It won't. It snow. will not snow. It absolutely <laughs> will not snow. So, all right, Dana, thank you. Anything else you want to share with us? Any other surprises coming up next year? Any big tech changes? Any any big no, rules changes? No, no. The, the the tech side of things is is stable. We had I know, you know, it's one of the things that we get beat up on is is changes sometimes. But I would also submit to people that. A, a rule book that doesn't evolve as your racers evolve becomes stale. Yep. You know, um, I, I think, I think some, some, some healthy changes and revisions means you've got a healthy club. It means people are looking at things and relooking at things, you know, we're relooking at safety stuff. We're always looking at safety issues, you know, things change, things evolve. It's, it's a sign of a healthy series. Um, but recognizing that stability allows for a lot of financial stability for the team. So yeah, there's nothing dramatic coming out there and, and we're not looking for there to be, um, I would say the Flightronic system. I know we rolled it out full time. Most people have seen it, but that is just such an amazing system. Um, if you think about it, like you talked about being a big race fan 10 years ago at the highest level of professional motorsports, million, million dollar teams, the idea of having in-car communication systems like that was like, wow, that's the future, you know? And now we're bringing it to you guys at a budget level, the, the, the lowest budget level endurance stuff you can get to. We have such communication capabilities. The systems are capable of way more than most people realize. Um, the only thing it really requires of the team is one, they need to mount it right so the driver can see it. It needs to have good, clean power, right? So if you've got charging system issues, you might have a problem, but it needs to have good, clean power. doesn't take anything dramatic, USB or cigarette lighter. And then you got to look at it and pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. You know, <clears throat> that's about it. But it allows us so much flexibility. Um, we didn't run it out at Harris Hill. I'm sorry, at, uh, at Willow Springs. But... And I don't know, you might not have come no, across did. it yet. Um, we call we it the Purple 35 or the Code 35. No, we ran it. At Willow? Yeah, we ran it at Willow. 35? We, yeah, we used it to describe the race, didn't we? No, no we no, we, we so. didn't use Purple 35. We didn't use the, the no, virtual safety car. We Purple 35, but we ran Flagtronics. Oh, we right. absolutely That's did. That's what yeah, I yeah. said. I don't oh. think he saw the Code 35. Um, yeah. No, but I saw Brian, code, you... code 35 when I called the ra- help, help call the 24th VIR. Yeah, yeah, we used to. Okay, all right, so that's where you've seen it. And usually when I describe it to people, uh, the first thing I'll do is ask who my Formula One fans are, right? Right. And the Formula One fans, as soon as I say it's a virtual safety car, they go, oh, oh, I get it. Yeah. And we've started rolling that out at more and more tracks. We started using a VIR because they used it, and it's just worked out so well. I've gone ahead and ordered the actual physical flags to have them as backup at the stations. 
but it allows us to work incidents so much more quickly and so much more safely for the workers, right? I mean, nobody wants to deal with a pace car every time. It takes a full lap to put the pace car out. It takes a full lap to get the field gathered up. It takes two or three laps to clear the incident. Invariably, when they say, we're ready, I got to send the pace car around another whole lap before I get them in and go back to green. It's just a time suck. And fundamentally, it takes away the team's green flag racing, which is what they paid to come and do. Right. That virtual safety car, that code 35, allows me to slow the whole field down. And even the tracks that would still do hot poles, you're still talking about cars running around the track at full race speed and then coming into one safety zone and trying to slow from full race speed down to something reasonable, go by those poor safety workers that are out there on their hands and knees trying to hook up a car and then go back to racing. And and even the tracks that were willing to do it, it's still a risky proposition. The code 35 thing allows me to slow the entire field down to 35 miles an hour, roll the safety trucks. They're able to snatch up the disabled car. As soon as they get them off the track, I lift the two flags and boom, you're back to racing. Right. It is, it just, it's so much more safer. It's so much quicker. And we're going to start rolling that out everywhere we go. Yep. We and- used the flags for the first time this past weekend at uh, Road America, or uh, where were we? Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah, we had these cool flags. We can use them from any position mm-hmm. of the flagger, right. and uh, they work great. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, I, I agree with you 100%, especially when you're doing endurance racing and you have to you know, save people at night. You know, mm-hmm. the danger of doing anything on the track is doubled when it gets dark. You know, right. so I think it's so important there. My only issue with it is stop calling it Code 35 and just call it a virtual safety car. <laughs> well, the only reason we call it Code 35 is that's what VIR was calling I know. It rolled out with it you know that. so but they yeah called it a purple you're not wrong because it is what yeah. it is yeah they yeah. called it a purple 35 and i think it was the other tracks it was barber and um and uh ncm call it a pink 35 or code 35 oh, and i think fia well, called it code 60 what's interesting though is that barber and corvette museum they don't actually call it that we use an independent flagging contractor uh, right. at those tracks and she calls it purple 35 you know but again and this this is where this is where managing things becomes really interesting because we've settled on how we want it employed right right so when we've gone places and we've had like those tracks where we've had a contractor that's doing the flagging and they go this is how we do things and sometimes we got to go okay well i get that but it's my event, my rules, and this is how I would like it done. So it's the stepping into the flag and going back to green that we've standardized on how it's going to be done because the racers don't want to go to a different flagging right. environment every race they go to. Right. They want to know when they go to a champ car race, they're going to get the same experience. Right. So we've settled on exactly how we're going to do it and, and implement it. And I think it's a safe stepping process that allows me to gradually reduce the speed and gradually bring the speed back up. So you're not just releasing the field and right. going, boom, go, you know? Right. right. Good stuff, sir. It's going to be a great season. I look at it and it's you hit all the you hit all the high spots. You got all the the good tracks, and uh, I can't wait to uh, to talk about all talk about it all through next year as well. So thanks for having me on the show. It's good to be back again. I appreciate what you guys do for us, and um, I think you guys got some other stuff to talk about. So we do. if you guys are good, I'll say thank you one more time, and I am going to bounce out. Good night, everyone. Thank you know. All right, that's going to do it for another. Well, actually, we have one more. We have one more segment to do, Bill. And now I've lost my mind. I've got Bill Itis. It's all right. We've been on. We've been on the road for so long. <laughs>
<laughs> when we come back, we'll talk about whatever the next race is and uh, do some other fun stuff. That's next on Inside Champ Car. Stay with us. Inside Champ Car is a podcast that takes a deep dive into all things going on with the Champ Car Endurance Series. Hosted by veteran journalist, radio host, and racer Brian Belansky and Champ Car's very own Bill Strong, we talk to drivers, team bosses, tech gurus, and series supporters. Episodes air every week in time for you to listen on your way to the track. Inside Champ Car is on the Racing Wire podcast network found on Apple, Spotify, Google, and most popular podcasting apps. And we are back. Inside Champ Car, he's Bill Strong. I'm Brian Polanski. Just had the big boss, Dana Morrison, on. Breaking news. The schedule has been released. There we go. One of the places on next year's schedule is the next race up. Atlanta Motorsports Park. What do you know? What do we know, Bill? We know that it's in the middle of of Atlanta. kind of nowhere in, in Georgia, but it's beautiful. Dawsonville, Georgia. Is and it, really uh, it takes a little bit for us to drive up. Huh? Is it really in Dawsonville? Yeah, we're awesome. Bill, Some guy named Awesome, awesome Bill. Bill lives. Yeah, I always thought they were talking about me, but I don't think they are. You're awesome adjacent. Yeah, there we go to Dawson. <laughs> yeah, Awesome Bill from Dawsonville, <laughs> who actually lives next door to the track. Really? Okay. Yeah, Bill. Um, Bill Elliott. Uh, he has some kid named Chase Elliott. I don't know who he is, but I guess yeah. he's kind of popular nowadays with all the young folk. He likes to drive left. Left, yeah. But I Left. think he likes to drive in many different directions because uh, he did do the 24, didn't he, Chase? He did. He did. They He's don't... actually one of the be the better uh, NASCAR road course drivers. So um, I shouldn't pick on him. He's, he's actually one of the guys. <laughs> he's one of the guys who actually can go right and left. Let me write that down because we might have him on the show one of these days. Well, that'd be cool. That would be cool. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so we're at uh, October 29th and 30th. We're at Atlanta Motorsports Park. We're doing a test day on Friday uh, sponsored by um, uh, discoveryparts.com, who's actually located on that facility. Uh, and then we do an eight and a seven-hour enduro. Uh, we're not going to be broadcasting on a Champ Car Live. We just don't have the bandwidth there to do that kind of race. Um, and that race is presented by alarm.com. Um, they will be giving away a, an alarm system to the winner of the eight hour and another alarm system won by the seven hour winner. And, uh, we have quite a few cars signed up for this track. Uh, we're looking at, uh, 59 cars. I just saw that my friends bliss racing, they're going to be there with their Mazda Miata, not the Camaro. I really like the Camaro. And uh, lots of other folks are going to be there, signed up. Uh, looks like NLS is bringing two cars. Offic's going to be there. Uh, let's see, Ramrod's going to be there with their Pontiac Fiero. Haven't seen them in a while. Uh, Visceral Racing Group's going to have two cars there. Uh, Winkler Motorsports will be there as well. Tons of folks that are, oh, Flat Out Nemesis is going to be there. That'll be interesting with their with their 2009 Mazda Miata. Um uh, Blue Shells and their Ford Focus. A lot of guys coming from the north down here. Atlanta Speedworks coming with three cars. 901 Motorsports will be there with two cars. So, yeah, lots of, uh, oh, Guino Watson Racing, GWR, and their BMW will be down again to that race. Haven't seen them in, a, in quite a while. Um, all their drivers and crew and owners are all engineers with uh, different big car manufacturers, so they've been quite busy uh, getting uh, race. Oh, just noticed too, Hong North is going to be there. So yeah, lots of folks 
um, old time cars showing up and uh, old, old teams with champ car, Momo champ and uh, the Mustang will be there. Lots of folks. So um, does, does this track run clockwise or counterclockwise? Do you remember? Counterclockwise. You, you dive down uh, from the start finish line to a, I want to say it's a, like a 360 turn. <laughs> kind of feels like it. It's a 180. Okay. Yeah. And if you miss, I mean, there, there are up, two it, hardcore sweepers on this thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, turn the, well, let me go to the track map because, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty fun track. So yeah. turn one is pretty wicked. Um, that's a, that's a, a really fast downhill turn. Your car gets really light at one point and you just hope your brakes are going to work. Turn two and three are pretty fun. You just have to kind of let off a little bit and then you just take the big sweeper around there. Of course, that's last year I was in bliss. We kept losing oil pressure. We come to find out it was all fine. It was just a sensor. Um, fast down into T6. I lost brakes there one time with a, uh, with a Celica I was racing, hit a wall. That was not fun. Um, T678 is fun. T10 is it's going for the transition from turn 10 down to 11 up the hill is just amazing. I, that is probably the, the most fun part of the track because the elevation change. Okay. It's, it's like almost straight up for turn 12, turn 13, 14, 15. Randy Pope's told me I could gain like 15 seconds a lap if I just listened to him. I didn't listen to him. Turn 16, <laughs> um, you have pit in right there, and then turn 16 is really fast. But you have to be careful because if you just step out just a millimeter too far, you get, you're crashing into stuff and it's not fun. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, cool. fun track. All right, anything and, else before we head out? No, that's it, Brian. I'm off to uh, VIR to uh, kind of take pictures this weekend, see if I can make a few bucks to help pay uh, pay the rent, and uh, you can see some Trans Am racing and some other types of old oldie time racing. SVRA is oldie cars. Maybe I'll see an Opal there. They're called Historics. Yes, Historics. That's why it's called well, Ye Oldie Racing series. Vintage. <laughs> vintage <laughs> i got it's you like, it's like us man uh wait speak for yourself that's gonna do it for another episode of inside champ car if you like what you heard subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any episodes also be great if you'd share it on your social media channels comment on the champ cars facebook page we have a new episode every week for the decrepit bill strong i am the young brian Bolanski. Since since snail mail. <laughs> you are listening to the Racing Wire Podcast Network. See you next week. <laughs>